0: Hello, everyone. This is your host, Sergeant First Class, Arslan Khan, with the Warrant Officer Recruiting Company. And today, we'll be exploring the 353 Tango Warrant Officer Military Occupation Specialty. Our special guest is none other than CW5, Darius Richardson, from the INSCOM headquarters. And he will be talking to us about what it means to be a warrant officer in the 353 Tango Warrant Officer Specialty. Chief Richardson, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We are excited to hear your input about all of the different ways that 353 Tango's contribute to mission accomplishment.
1: I'm glad to be here. Thank you for hosting this. I'm always willing to talk about the benefits of becoming a warrant officer in the United States Army.
0: For any potential applicants listening, we will ask questions that most of us would have when deciding to pursue a career as a 353 Tango warrant officer. We'll just go ahead and jump right into them then to get your take on some of the most crucial questions that are always asked. First, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences as a warrant officer and how you feel about serving in your particular specialty?
1: Well, I've been a warrant officer for over 21 years now. And honestly, I would say that each year has been uh, more exciting and more rewarding than the last You know, when you're a warrant officer, you have a much larger influence on what you do on a day-to-day basis when it comes to your particular specialty. So, you know, I would recommend to anyone that they become a warrant officer in the U.S. Army.
0: What do warrant officers in your specialty do in a normal span of a duty day when they start out as a new warrant officer in the cohort? And how do those responsibilities evolve into more responsibilities later on?
1: Well, most of the company grade positions in our particular specialty, uh, the WO1s and the CW2s, are in the tactical army. So those are mostly Force Com units. And what you do in the normal duty day is you monitor and and direct the the maintenance and integration of military intelligence systems maintenance. So you make sure that our program of record systems and our quick reaction capabilities are all integrated in a way that allows the normal operator to answer his commander's requests and requests for information. Later on, as you proceed to be a CW-3 and get into the field grades, uh, some of those positions are still in the tactical army, uh, but a lot of them are also in TRADOC, so a lot of them are in Uh, instructor positions uh, getting the force ready to understand their responsibilities and that includes both enlisted warrant officer and even sometimes regular officers when it comes to um, the classes that they require before they assume command so as as you move further and further up the ladder uh, your interaction with soldiers actually becomes a little bit less but how can I put this the right way your influence on your particular cohort uh, and your, your MOS within that cohort is actually much greater because then you start looking at uh, the policies uh, to make sure that, you know, everyone understands how things change within your particular job skill, uh, how you keep up the speed and what's required for those coming behind you to, to be ready to perform those same duties.
0: Why should someone pursue this type of commission, and what are some of the benefits they take in to the civilian
1: world? As I mentioned before, I would actually recommend to anyone to become a warrant officer, and I have written letters of recommendation for both enlisted members and commissioned officers, company-grade officers, who had, you know, after their uh, time of service was coming up, For their requirements to be a regular officer had decided that, you know, they fit more of the mold of what a warrant officer should be and do. So, you know, anytime that someone has that particular commission, they understand that what they're going to be doing is technical in nature. Uh, They're going to be getting deep into their actual job skill. But, you know, I would also say that, you know, leadership is an important aspect of what a warrant officer does so you know what you're going to take into the civilian world is not only based upon what you do as a job but the leadership skills that you require over the years being the lead person for that particular job in your field
0: as a young staff sergeant working in an mi systems or iew shop What advice would you give them on what types of jobs they need to start working towards in their enlisted careers that will help them to achieve a commission as a 353 Tango warrant officer?
1: I would recommend to all enlisted soldiers that they not shy away from jobs that involve responsibility. So any of the leadership positions is a good position to hold. While you should also remain obviously technically proficient um, what separates you from, you know, the old specialist ranks is the fact that you you are not only technically proficient, but you do have that leadership ability. So um, I would say anything that deals with the instructor realm, the basic instructor course, uh, small group leadership, anything that allows them to get in front of their peers and subordinates to lead the group, to instruct Because that is a major portion of what warrant officers do, is training um, the NCOs on what to expect from the enlisted soldiers. So the warrant officer teaches the NCO the uh, specific technical aspects of their job. And and when I say that, I mean your daily duties, um, not particularly the tactical duties, but sometimes those too. But they also, you know, they need to know everything they can about how to properly instruct so that, you know, the knowledge is transferred correctly.
0: What types of training can an NCO benefit from when considering to pursue a career in the 353 Tango Warrant Officer Military Occupation Specialty?
1: Specifically for 353 Tango's, I would recommend that they look for training that involves every aspect of our particular job. So, they would have to look at training on strategic, tactical, avionic, and commercial equipment. So any training um, that they can find is definitely for the better. What happens is sometimes in MI system shops, you'll get to a shop that is almost strictly uh, the primary mission equipment for avionics. So, you know, if you're not familiar with that particular equipment, it could be a problem if you get to that shop as, let's say, a CW-3 or CW-4, and your enlisted soldiers pretty much know uh, more than you when it comes to those systems. You know, that's that's never a good position to be in. So the more information you have about every different type of equipment that uh, MI has, the better.
0: What is the most common mistake made by applicants applying to the cohort, and how can it be avoided?
1: The most common mistake I see made by applicants when they're applying is that they fail to stress their leadership skills and their leadership time. Uh, what I would do is make sure that any, any time it can be mentioned, especially within your resume, um, also on your letters of recommendation, they also make a reference to any leadership time that you have because the expectation is that you have been working on the systems. That is what you do as a MI systems maintainer and integrator. Um, What is different, which kind of makes you stand out, is those leadership abilities and the time you've had honing them and, and utilizing them to the benefit of the Army.
0: What do board members value the most in a submitted packet uh And could you describe the process that takes place when a packet is reviewed by the board?
1: Well, it's really hard to pinpoint what each board member would value the most simply because you know each board member is a is an individual and despite the um instructions that are given to the board, what they key in on can sometimes vary widely uh One of the things that definitely you do know they'll be looking at though. Is your actual evaluation and how you are you know how your boxes are checked you know if you have uh, most of your boxes checked in the you know the best block whatever it may be at the time because I know they change you know that's that's what they're looking for they will also look to uh, the written part of the evaluation but you know remember a lot of times uh, on the board they'll have a number of packets that they have to look at so you know if the boxes are checked correctly if they're all left justified then uh, that's the thing they'll look at if they can quickly and then move on to the next thing uh, in your particular packet now um, the board process itself you know like like I mentioned a, a lot of times there could be a number of packets Um, Luckily for our MOS, you know, there's not that many people, so there shouldn't be that many packets. But they're never just looking at just your MOS. What they do is, you know, the different MOSs are addressed during each board. Um, Not all of them for every board, but uh, a lot of them. And so they'll be looking at a lot of packets that are also outside of their normal um, MOS. So, you know, Whatever sets yours apart is, is definitely better, um, so that way they can quickly um, go through their checklist, either whether it's, you know, in their head or written down, and hit each particular thing that they're looking for.
0: Thank you, sir. That was a lot of great information. How long is the Warrant Officer Applicant School, and how long is the Warrant Officer Basic Course for 353 Tango's?
1: Well, I'm sure the WACS school and the Warrant Officer Basic Course have changed a little bit since uh, I went through all those years ago. But uh, I pretty much think they're generally the same. So uh, when I went through the Warrant Officer Candidate School, was roughly about two months long. You know, the first week over in the, in the regular part of the school, and then you kind of move over to... Um, the actual course, you know, there's a process for moving over. I'm not sure if they still do that or not. Um, and then the Warrant Officer Basic Course, which is held at Fort Huachuca, it, it was about three months long. Um, and we went through the Common Core and we, we spoke a little bit or did a little bit with our own particular um, MOS, but the basic course itself is, you know, for your particular branch. So it is an MI, Warrant Officer Basic Course. It's not specific for 353 Tango's. Thank you, sir.
0: What advice would you give to an NCO uh, selected for attendance to Warrant Officer Candidate School on how to prepare for it and the Warrant Officer Basic Course?
1: Honestly, the best advice I would give to an NCO is, you know, to be physically ready because really what uh, walks is all about is um, not only physical fitness and becoming a leader, but is also, you know, uh, school attendance. And, you know, when you have to sit and learn about the general aspects of management for the United States Army. So, you know, the more physically fit you are, uh, the more sleep you get, the better able you are to kind of sit in a school environment when you're not out doing actual physical training. So you can uh, understand what's going to be expected of you once you're a, a warrant commissioned officer.
0: Once someone has graduated warrant officer candidate school, and been promoted to warrant officer one, do they have any input as to where they will be stationed? If so, what is the process for selecting a specific duty station?
1: Well, with the implementation of the aims assignment program, um, there's there's definitely been a change. When it comes to selecting a specific duty station uh, but normally that's done uh, you put in your request before you actually attend walks. so you know if everything works the way it's supposed to when you're graduating and you graduate after walks and then WOBC you already know what assignment you're heading towards there shouldn't be a question at that particular point but uh, that process is done between you and your branch manager before you ever attend.
0: Thank you for your insight, sir. When approaching commanders and senior warrant officers for letters of recommendation, what steps should an NCO take in order to ensure uh, receiving a stellar recommendation?
1: Of course, the best way to make sure you're receiving a stellar recommendation is to make sure you've done stellar work. You know, if they already know your name and they know who you are, what kind of job you do, they will have no problem whatsoever writing a letter of recommendation. Um, If for some reason you don't have a senior warrant officer within your formation and you need to look outside of your unit for a letter, uh, you should be able to show them via your information packet and via interview, whether you have to do it in person or, uh, say, telephonic or, or VTC, that you're ready to take the lead and you know exactly what you're doing in your job field.
0: What is family life like as a 353 Tango? And how can we best take care of our families as we embark on our quest to become one?
1: Well, most 353 Tangos that I know have a fairly stable family life because you're kind of in control of, you know, how you manage and how you maintain and integrate these systems. So if you have a plan developed, Uh, you can make sure that your plan, your actual work plan, still fits in well with how uh, you have your day-to-day family life. Um, Sometimes, of course, there are are things that'll happen that'll disrupt even the best-laid plans, but, you know, if you're a good planner, you'll be able to um, manage both your family life and your actually day-to-day job.
0: Thank you, sir. This is a two-part question. When creating your resume, What is the best way to highlight some of the skills you possess, and what are some of the most critical skills to highlight? Furthermore, what is some of the most critical training to highlight?
1: Well, on your resume, I think sometimes it's uh, critical to have a specific section that does highlight uh, skills you might possess that are, you know, different from your peers, and and also some of the certifications that you have that are above and beyond what are normally expected. And as for what's the most critical training to highlight, I think that's that's you know pretty similar to one of the other questions I asked before. But I would definitely highlight any training that uh, is is leadership oriented. I would also highlight any training that is you know job specific but not offered to everyone. So. If, if that's something that you have, I definitely would uh, take a chance to highlight that and maybe move it into a section all by itself.
0: What are some of the most important things to talk about in your resume summary page, and how do board members view these comments?
1: Well, I think one of the most important things to talk about in the resume summary page is how are you going to utilize the skills that you've already learned as an enlisted member and commissioned officer uh, to benefit the Army once you do become a warrant officer. Uh, the board members definitely uh, looked at, look at that in a, in a good light. And since, you know, a lot of times, like I said, there'll be a number of packages that they have to look at, uh, the resume summary page is, is really almost the most important on your resume. Um, so take the time to craft as best of a summary as you can.
0: What are some of the most important certifications and training experiences warrant officers should pursue in the course of their career in this warrant officer military occupation specialty, and why?
1: Well, this is one area where things have actually changed quite a bit since I became a warrant officer, um, and that's kind of Army-wide. So what I'm talking about here is there are certifications that are actually required now that were not required when I became a warrant and there are different things that are available that weren't available when I became a warrant so you know if when you're an enlisted member if you don't already have uh, SEC plus of course you're not going to be able to work on most of the systems that we have um, if you don't already have an operating system under your belt you also won't be able to Um, But once you become a warrant, you know, if you don't have the basic instructor course already, I would definitely recommend that. Um, The capability development course is definitely important. There is almost an expectation now that uh, you will have had the digital intelligence um, master gunners course. So if you can get that, definitely that is something to get so that they understand um, that you have a good understanding of architecture um, and, and how things are connected uh, not only within MI but out to uh, other branches. So how our systems connect to mission command systems, how ours uh, connect to artillery, that that kind of thing. I would also, if possible, you know look at getting any kind of uh, staff course that's available and that's only to, better uh, develop your leadership abilities because that way your leadership can see that you understand that as you progress up the ranks, you'll have different positions that require different leadership abilities.
0: Thank you, sir. On the subject of promotions, starting out from W01, how long will it take in this Warrant Officer Military Occupation Specialty to progress through each rank to reach CW5?
1: Well, it's the army that really changes this. I don't. I don't think it's specific to um, the 353 Tango MOS. This is something that is, you know, by branch and by uh, needs of the army how how promotions take place. What I'm saying is that uh, you know sometimes there can be ceilings on the numbers of personnel that can be promoted, and that's just based upon need. How many. Authorized positions are there uh, versus, you know, how many are actually needed. So, you know, generally speaking, from W1 or W01 to CW2 is, of course, two years. And then from 2 to 3, 3 to 4, and CW4 to CW5 can span between four and six years between each uh, particular rank. If if you stay the full course, if you're in for uh, the, the full career as a warrant officer, you know, it'll take you between possibly 15 to 20 years to become a CW-5.
0: As one retires from the military, are there lifelong organizations that someone can join to champion issues concerning warrant officers exclusively?
1: Sure. The U.S. Army Warrant Officers Association is is our particular professional organization, you know, and and their job is to provide advocacy for warrant officers. That's all they do. So their um, leadership is comprised of both retired and active duty warrant officers. And there is a newsletter that they put out and they uh, lobby in Congress and in the Pentagon for warrant officer initiatives. So, you know, you can become a, a member of several of the individual organizations that make up that full organization. Uh, so they have different chapters, let's say like uh, Arizona has the silver chapter um, where they have a, a full body from president, vice president, uh, secretary that makes sure their chapter is keyed on uh, local initiatives that warrant officers can affect and that do affect those warrant officers.
0: Are there opportunities warrant officers have uh, to give back to their communities in this particular specialty? If so, could you tell us some of your experiences?
1: Well, besides those things that I brought up about the local chapters of the Warrant Officer Association, there are other things that uh, you know, warrant officers can do to give back to their communities, especially as a 353 Tango, because you know what we learn is, you know, electronics, um, computer theory, that sort of thing specific to MI, um, but also in a, a, as a general nature. So as an example, um, there is a retired warrant officer, one of the ones that I actually uh, wrote a recommendation for. He did his um, 20 years of service. He retired. And he went back to his community, and he is now um, the head of the electronics department at the college in his particular area. And one of the things they're doing is, um, you know, they have certain things in the college classes that they do, like um, competitions for Christmas lights during the parades and such. And he makes sure that his students have a very good... Understanding of uh, basic electronics and electrical components and in this particular year, as a matter of fact, I know they won uh, their competition in the local area, but he also does other things like making sure um, the electrical grid within their college campus is okay, that sort of thing. So there's always plenty of things that you can do with the knowledge that you acquire as a 353 Tango to give back to your community.
0: Why should someone compete to be a part of the 353 Tango military occupation specialty? And how does it benefit the nation?
1: Well, with the way things are set up today, you know, most of our intelligence mission is done on electronic systems. So it is certainly a benefit to the Army and the nation to be a 353 Tango because without that particular structure um, there's almost no way in today's society to get the information where it needs to be. Um, you know, those questions will always still be asked from the commander, uh, but the way that information needs to return to them in, a, in an expedient manner uh, pretty much has to be done on some type of information system. So, you know, there'll always be a need for the 353 Tango MOS.
0: As a mentor in the cohort, what additional advice would you offer a potential applicant?
1: Well, I know a lot of the advice I gave stressed the uh, leadership aspect, and I don't want to uh, detract from the technical aspects of our particular MOS. You know, that is extremely important. I just wanted to emphasize that, you know, what would set you apart from your peers is that leadership aspect. Um, I would say any potential candidate, has to understand that um, as a 353 Tango you're uh, just a little bit different from the other MI and that uh, the technical aspect of what you do also has a physical nature uh, so you're actually sometimes touching the equipment at least up until uh, W2 may, maybe even W3 in certain locations so you know, you will have a, there's a physical nature to our job. Uh, it's not just all mental. Um, but as long as you understand that and, and you're ready to provide whatever you can to the Army, I, I think you'll make a great warrant officer.
0: Chief Richardson, thank you so much for letting us have some of your valuable time. I'm sure that the insight that you've provided will prove invaluable to the ambitious non-commissioned officers looking to help the Army and the nation by continuing their military careers as a 353 Tango warrant officer. For those of our listeners out there, if you're, you know, choosing to pursue this career, um, I have only one thing to say. As always, go warrant now.